Uh, this is Ray, and you're listening to the Drunker United Football Show, and I rather root for the damn Toffees than those stupid-ass Gunners. Uh, them Gunners are like a point behind Man U, or are they finally ahead of them now on the table? I think we're actually ahead of them now. <laughs> I will double-check that for you, but I'm 99% oh. sure we're ahead of them now. You know what? I want to make fun of Ray. It's too fucking easy. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Bramby. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is the in self-isolation Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? 1% chance, motherfucker. A <laughs> Coronavirus? Shit is real? Put $10 on a 101 horse, might as well light it on fire. Have a 1% chance of catching a disease through a, a vaccination? Sign me up. Yep. <laughs> Sign me right up. It's Jesus. Just, just the dumbest luck in the fucking world, that is for sure. Tell me about it. But what are you going to do? My symptoms are very mild. Glad I got vaccinated. Uh, it's still the right thing to do. Do it. Sign up for a booster. Find it. Excellent. We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out wherever you get your podcast. Please rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sam, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Sure. We are at DU Football Show on all the social medias. Uh, DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. If you'd like to support the show and get all of our extra stuff, such as injury time and sound check, you can do so at www.patreon.com backslash DU Football Show. And of course, if you want to wear something by us, really by Mel, to be honest, uh, you just go to the DU Drip Shack, which you can find that link in all of the social media bios. She does not need more pumping up. No, no, don't give her any more pumping up than she's already. No, no, you can go ahead and just <laughs> mute yourself, block yourself off the screen, do all that fun stuff. So, yeah, thanks. Really appreciate Wait, she it. Ha she has all the logins to the bank. That's <laughs> true. Very, very, very true. Sorry, honey. Uh, Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our sh hands throughout this show and every single show with the exception of tonight, because somebody's kind of playing hurt. So, uh, Mr. Graham, I got a whiskey. Okay. All Let's right. Let's see what you got. All right. Well, this is one. Um, I got to try the rye whiskey, and it's a brand I haven't gotten my hands on yet, and I've been very pleasantly surprised by the first two bottles I've had, and that is Wilderness Trail, and this Ooh. is their bourbon. Uh, this is actually their weeded bourbon. So each of them have different colored labels. I will say... Um, a whiskey person can figure it out because you look on the back and it tells you what the mash bill is and everything. But it's a, it's all the same bottle with different color labels. And then the different color label, like it doesn't say weeded bourbon on here. It's you got to look on the back of it to see it. So that's a little annoying, but I could tell you this much. The juice is fucking fantastic. Really, really good. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, we've we've had this before to get not this particular yeah. bottle, but we've had Wilderness Trail before at uh, one of our whiskey club meetings. That was and uh, it what was, I was delicious. Talking about. Yeah, it was a yeah. rye that we had that was delightful. These are one of a handful of distillers in Kentucky that were kind of the quote unquote new kids on the block. You have them, New Riff, uh, Bardstown, to name a few. There are a few others, but I'm just going <laughs> to name those three for now. That as the whiskey craze started to take off, they started making whiskey. And they sat back and they waited and they didn't put anything out till it was at least three to four years old. Because in Kentucky, if you're going to go ahead and try to get into the bourbon game, you can't get away with one year old juice in a small barrel. You got to do it right. You got to do it correct. And a lot of these are backed by a lot of 
big name distillers that were part of bigger houses. So they, you know, got the the financing because obviously you're sitting there for the first couple of years losing money because you're not fucking selling anything, right? You know, but uh, they've gotten a lot of these whiskeys have started to get critical acclaim. Of course, we know the new riff from last year, the uh, I'm sorry, from two years ago, the 2019, 20, the 2019 uh, top 20 list, their new riff rye had uh, made that list and was bloody fucking delightful. This, this, uh, the wilderness trail is lovely. The weeder gonna run you somewhere between. Uh, forty four ninety nine and forty nine ninety nine. I did and not what, check. What did you say the proof was? It uh, this is uh one hundred proof. It's a bottle and bond. All right, awesome. A lot of the stuff that they do is bottle and bond, so you know it's four years old. You know it's a hundred proof. Got to be. It's yep. like a USDA stamp of approval on it. Absolutely. And uh, S- Sam, yes. So, Please, no, go I was going to say I I do have a drink. I just don't have a whiskey today. Excellent. What I do have is an old classic. Is Sam Smith's Nut Brown Ale. Uh, and there is a reason for this. Um, it's been around forever. Uh, it's a 5% brown ale that tastes like almonds and stuff. Yeah. It is absolutely delicious. Uh, great when the weather starts to turn cold, as it already has. All the Sam Smith uh, stuff's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, all organic as well, uh, which is cool. Uh, this is one of the brands I sell. And um, I wanted to drink it today uh, to commemorate the passing of uh, a beloved employee of Merchant Duvin, um, who was our supplier rep, John Brown. Very good man. Uh, One of the last good ones, very scattered, always had a good story in him, always down for a drink. Uh, He'd give you the shirt off his back. Wasn't very good at the admin. (laughs) Great fucking Uh, guy, though. I, awesome. I got to work with him a few times back when I sold uh, sold the uh, Merchant of Inline as well. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a a very good man and um, one that I'm going to miss for sure. Uh, so I dug this out of the garage. Uh, usually keep a few bottles on hand: a Nut Brown, of Chocolate Stout, of uh, the Porter that we've drank on the show mm-hmm. before, the Taddy Porter, um, and of course their Oatmeal Stout, which they invented uh, that style. It's the best oatmeal stout on the market. Period. Still to this day. So uh, also the brand is made, uh, Sam Smith's itself is made in uh, Leeds uh, in Yorkshire. So, which is pretty cool. So RIP, Mr. Brown, we're going to miss you. Cheers, John. Um, But here's to you, my friend. Uh, John, I will always be remembered by me for uh, one of the greatest lines ever told at a wine slash beer dinner. It was the fourth course. He realized nobody was really paying attention to him anymore. And he goes... He just stands up in front of the group and he goes, at this point in time, y'all are pretty drunk and normally don't like to to listen to anything I have to say. So I'm going to let you know, with this beer, one time I got so blackout drunk, I actually used it to try to brush my teeth. And then immediately turned around and sat the fuck down at the table and started eating his meal. (laughs) He was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. He's, he's definitely one of the good ones, man. Um, I said he was one of the last ones that wasn't a you know, pocket-protecting, pencil-pushing data man. <laughs> he was a real salesman. Oh, he and was a go-out-and-fucking-sell. That's exactly yeah. what he was. Go out always and sell. Had, said always had a story and always fancy to drink with you. And um, it was complications to another illness uh, that left his liver to fail him. So very sad story. And uh, and we wish his family all the best. Absolutely. All righty. Well, and Sammy, what else should we always do? Always remember, of course, ladies and gents, to drink responsibly. Excellent. So I'm going to go ahead and cheers the bottle since we are across the interwebs from each other. Let's go ahead and get into the action. Top of the table is starting to take shape. We had a domination in a derby and a shocker in London. Manchester City 2, Man U nil, West Ham 3, Liverpool 2. The Manchester Derby could have been a lot fucking worse than two to nil. Oh yeah, big time. Oh. Big. Manchester United had more shots on their own goal yeah. than they did on City's goal. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to say I was you can't say write, you can't write go, that good enough. You're not supposed to go your way. You're supposed to go the other way. Like, <laughs> it's not the warm ups. You're not shooting on your own keeper anymore. You're shooting on the other keeper, and you're trying so, to shoot it away from them. Now there's a you know a few um, things that we could pick out some X's and O's I'm sure we could talk about and all that kind of fancy stuff, but I wanted to very briefly discuss uh, something that was shared in the group by our good uh, Irish friend Stephen Walsh. 
Yes. Uh, who runs Walsh Trivia. Check that out on Facebook. Does some really good stuff if you're in need of, uh, of games and stuff. There's a, a shameless plug. But he shared a picture of Ole with Michael Carrick and three of the other coaches uh, on the closed group Drunkard United FC, which you all should also find uh, on Facebook. It's where most of our banter takes place, to be honest. So it's them, and it's basically give this band a name, right? <laughs> and he said the funniest one that he had read was Imagine Trophies after Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> love it which is pretty good and of course people were piling in uh i said tactic board confessional <laughs> uh i had a few that were pretty out of sync out of sync definitely uh ole gunner and the four has-beens <laughs> well and you know um, uh, uh, grammy you know what also happened today as well to go along with all of that what Manchester United board has come out officially and said they have no plans on getting rid of Ole any fucking time soon. So they're okay with this mediocrity. Yeah. So you're saying Villa can cross them off the potential list. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, uh, There was just a couple more that was very funny. Uh, Taylor said Europe. And he said, no, wait, that doesn't work. And I said, sure does, because he's on his final countdown. And it, Taylor said, well played. Well played. <laughs> and then uh, Jeet chimed in with three goals down, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And then Matthew Daniels, who I'm not familiar with posting a bunch, which is cool, just joined the group this year um, uh, as well. He came down with slip, parenthesis, down the table, and parenthesis, not. <laughs> which is pretty good. That might um, be the best one. Bloody yeah, fucking but they, brilliant. They were they were pitiful. I mean, they they started essentially with a flat back five. They left McTerminator and Fred to do everything in the midfield. And then those forward three did fuck all. They didn't help. Here's here's an interesting question for you, Sam, because this is all the Manchester United fans right now. They all are doing the exact same thing. Ready for it? Going to do it away from Mike. It's going to be loud. Fuck Fred. It's all his fault. I mean, that's it. That's all it is. Like, like, no, no, not the fact that if Bruno Fernandes does not have the ball on his foot, he could not be bothered with playing the game at all. Not poor tactics. No, it's all fucking Fred's fault. Like, he's the master plan of disaster at fucking Manchester United. Well, I, I was listening to a pundit this morning because um, I'm stuck in this room with fuck all to do. And kind of like Br- Bruno Fernandes closing down the cross that led to Eric Bailly's own goal. Yeah, I know, exactly. But... I'm sitting here listening to the to Sirius XM and a guy said something essentially was there, there is no system, right? It's just the system is chaos. So basically Fred is the most important player in that system because he's has the best engine on the team. He can just run around and gobble stuff up as best he can because no one's where they're supposed to be. Right. Now, if you're going to play a three, five, two or a three, a three, four, three or whatever, mm-hmm. Your wingbacks cannot be that deep because you give up the entire sideline. And Luke Shaw and um, I don't remember. I don't even remember who was on the other side. Wan Bissaka. Yeah. They they just they were, couldn't get past their own eighteen yard line and left Fred and McTominay out to dry. It wasn't Fred's fault. Well, they eventually, it wasn't Fred's fault because they were, he had no support. He had no help. They eventually brought in um, both both the backups, both Dallow and uh, and um, uh, uh, Tellez. But one of the reasons why they had to bring in one of them off the first place is um, Luke Shaw was doing his best Rocky Lipton commercial and going, okay, I can't concentrate. The second time he fell over and went to get up, like his eyes were bug eyed and he was just going. Didn't even know where he was. I mean, oh, okay. uh, Fucking concussion protocol. I'm sure you all did an excellent job assessing that the first time. Like, Jesus was very confusing to me as well it, a, a boxing referee umpire would have stopped that fight you oh, know yeah. what i mean if, oh yeah and but these are medical professionals assessing after an injury and they allow him to continue like it just it did not make any sense well and you talk about the the three with the two wing back system right there are plenty of teams who play that against manchester city it's the lower side clubs and they fall back and they go all right all 11 behind the ball and we're going to get our opportunities when we get them this they had 
five back, the two in the middle left with the entire field to cover because the other three just sat up top and didn't do a fucking thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Or, no or they did the Bruno thing. They would essentially fake tracking back. They would track him to a point, and then they would go, ah, it's probably far enough. Yeah, I've done my job. Done... Hey, yeah. Fred, and hey, then... Fred, where are you? I want you to get blamed for this. Come pick him up. So Eric Bailly, uh, doing his best Eric Cantona impersonation, but instead of connecting with a fan's chest, connected with the ball and turned it into his own net. Yep. <laughs> that opened the scoring, obviously. Uh <laughs> The other thing that I heard, which is a very funny stat, is he is the first player named Eric to score for Manchester United at Old Trafford. (laughs) That wasn't Eric Cantona. Cantona. I was was just waiting for it. I was like, give it to me. I'm already laughing. I know the punchline and I want to fucking hear it. Give Uh, it to me, please. Right right in my veins. Right there, Sam. Put it in the veins. Which is... (laughs) It's just brilliant. And then the uh, the second goal was just, what are you doing? Yeah, you know. You, Somebody stand up and take responsibility for it. It's it's easy to blame De Gea. It hit him on the chest and it went in the net, and he probably should have done better with it. Um, listen, he also you know was what, standing on his head for the last 20 minutes, making every fucking save, keeping the game one nothing. And then he had his defenders all four of them and that well all five of them and the central midfielders just go oh look at that pretty ball flying in the air oh yeah oh, I'll wow. tell you I'll oh, tell shit. you what that Where'd ball he looked come like from? you want to know what that ball looked like mm-hmm. the baby on a paternity test episode of Maury <laughs> and Harry Maguire Luke Shaw and David De Gea were the three guys up for it yeah. and none of them wanted anything to do with like, the game I'm not thing. the father I'm not the father and then Bernardo Silva came and said, I am the father. I'm the daddy, yeah, and put it in the back of the net. It's fucking insane. Uh, what do you guys do? It's just schoolboy errors, man. We haven't seen this one out of uh, Bernardo Silva in a while as he's getting up there in age and everything. And, and, you know, there's a lot of competition, obviously, in the Manchester City side. This was one of those games, like, from two years ago when he was up for uh, uh, Player of the Year in, yeah. in England, where every time you looked at the television screen... Bernardo Silva was somewhere and it was normally closing in on the ball or with the ball. I mean, he was just this little dart all over the place. I'm like, there, there goes Bernardo Silva doing his thing again. Exactly. hundred <clears throat> percent. Here's, here's one that I want to, uh, I, I want to bring up because we talk about, you know, left backs quite a bit and, you know, the big ones and who all's great and yada, yada. And then, you know, obviously Robertson and Tierney and Digne and, and even Cresswell has gotten some attention and, you know, Ben Chilwell, all these guys, right? Or no, Chilwell's a right back. But anyways, all these left backs that we talk about, tons of them, right? Why is any of us ever rated Yao Cancelo? I don't know. Fucking great. It was like, awesome. In this match, he was phenomenal. And then I'm kind of thinking back and looking at it and going, yeah, since they've gotten him a few sl- a few slip ups in his first few matches getting used to the team, but he's just he's rock fucking stalwart, solid yeah. back there. Like he's and been a no one no one even rates him. No one talks about him when you say one of the best left backs in the world. I would totally put him in that conversation. He's fucking fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is I just looked it up because I thought I agreed with you. And then but I had a little doubt in my mind Bernardo Silva is only 27 really I thought he was already 30 by some chance I, he does not get around the pitch like he used to you're right about that I'm with you and maybe that's yeah. part of the reason he's been kind of excluded from the team for a bit yeah yeah it could be but anyway yeah you're absolutely right Joe Cancelo is fucking awesome and uh it very much in a conversation for one of the best left backs in the world I, I completely agree with that statement he just and he was man of the match uh, finding Bernardo Silva's profile on uh, on the Premier League app, uh, I had to go through the the results page and click on the game. And Jao Cancelo was actually named the man of the match uh, on the Premier League app. Very deserving. That that first assist, I mean, obviously it was there by you ultimately put in the net, but that that cross was fabulous from him, and oh, he yeah. was working that sideline easily. So I mean, he put Eric Bailly in the position that he had to do, or felt at least that he had to do something. He didn't have to do that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, moving on to the to the other game, uh, the initial plan was to have this at the very end of oh, so that happened, and then oh, so that fucking happened. Yeah, no Jesus, shit. that first ten minutes was fucking crazy. So it was Liverpool <laughs> took control of the game right off the jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were dominant. West Ham did you know, kind of break out once or twice, but Liverpool dealt with it pretty easily. But West Ham's first corner of the game, 
and Allison punches the ball into his own net. Mm-hmm. It was maybe a foul on Egbona. I don't know how you feel about it. He, his arm was extended, but I don't think he was swinging it. He's allowed to put his arms up, uh, um, but they're saying that it may have impeded Allison's punch with his with his right hand. I'd, I don't know how much I buy it, to be honest with you. I'd like to uh, remind Jurgen Klopp doing his best uh, Tucker Carlson, where he doesn't remember shit that he said three years ago and then has a completely different stance. Um, this the, today's match, he was like, he was definitely impeded. He was definitely had an arm thrown in his face. Yada, yada, yada. I would like to remind you of the game that he joyfully jumped around in the center circle against Everton when uh, um, Van Dyke put the sky ball up. Um, De Gea was all up in um, Pickford's business, and his response to that was, it was a 50-50 ball. My man has every right to it just as much as the keeper does. I Talking would say, about Origi? Yeah. Yeah, when Origi yeah, yeah. was right up on Pickford. So I'd like to remind you, Exhibit A, good sir, your words. Right. Your words. <laughs> um, so. I, it's, I, I say, unless you knock the keeper over or physically grab the keeper like in if you put up the arms if you lean again I, it's you're gonna get away with it and i and i think it's fair you can't i, I don't think it was a foul much. either i completely not agree. at all I yeah think i don't the goal should have either. stood and it did um aaron questwell though could have been sent off uh yeah. did you finally see this yes, when i talked yes, to you yes, the yes, other yes. day you hadn't seen it yet yes i did it's a very unfortunate challenge you didn't mean to do anything you went in a little high yeah um Technically, it's the the definition of a of a serious foul play because he did go over top of the ball, but his heel actually bounced off of the ball, changed direction, and caught uh, Jordan Henderson just below the knee. Could have been an ACL. Yeah, I mean it was I, bad. I, I tell you, it's you watch it back on VAR and it's horrid and it looks really really bad. But then you also see that his foot bounced completely off the ball and his leg literally changed direction. So he right, had exactly. no control over his leg. So um, I think that's what VAR saw, and that's I, why there was, and at the end of the day, an, essentially just a foul, just a no call. Uh, I honestly would have been fine with either call. If it would have been a red, I would have gone, eh, I see why you could give it. He got him in the knee, but but then you see that the foot hit the ball and complete, like the whole leg goes in an opposite right. direction. Like that man had no no control of himself at all none now, whatsoever. i'm gonna remind you that you what you just said you would have been fine with either call because we talked about something else that we're going to talk about later and we disagree on it no and i have a different opinion on it now okay good yeah yeah but but i still do have a uh, a little take on that as well because if it's one thing on one end of the field it should be another thing it shouldn't be another thing on the other end of the field so i hear you so we will discuss that not only is west ham playing well they're fucking confident. Oh yeah. They are going on the pitch and going, yeah, we can beat you today. 100%. Any of They're playing we together. The the spirit. I mean, look at what happened to Ogbonna. He got his fucking ass kicked over the following 17 minutes of that. Yeah. Had to be substituted uh because he like turned awkwardly, looked like he could have done his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um they come on, stop the game for about 4 minutes and then a few minutes later Diogo Jota comes flying in, turns his back, and just I, – I didn't know you could assault somebody with your back. <laughs> but, but he just put his back against a ball in his face and split his eyebrow. Mm-hmm. He needed stitches. Yeah. And he didn't want to come off the pitch. Yeah. So there's obviously a great spirit in that team. And then Michael Dawson, once he got his feet under him – or Craig Dawson, I'm yeah, sorry. Craig Dawson. Michael Dawson's long retired. <laughs> I think I've done that before too. Yes, you have multiple Craig Dawson, times. Yeah, you, Craig you get da- your Dawson's all fucked up. <laughs> Craig Dawson uh, came out and after a couple nervy touches, settled right into the team, knew his job, and and they did it very well. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a good togetherness, a trust um, <laughs> within that team, and they're having a lot of fun. I mean, don't forget, was it, we're just about two years on from a fan storming onto the field from the stands with the corner flag and planting it in protest in the middle of the center circle. Mm -hmm. And now they're having fucking carnivals singing sweet Caroline after they just trounced uh, a recent champions three to two. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And uh, you know, despite all of Klopp's complaining and yelling and screaming because the minute he loses a game, it can never actually be his own team's fault. It's always someone else's. You can't take away what West Ham did. 
they stood right up and through punch for punch with Liverpool. And for one of the few times in, in Moyes' career, he outwitted Liverpool. That's not something he's done very often. He's never he's never beat Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. He he just he outwitted Liverpool and he they the team looked good. They they got it done. It was it was in a thoroughly impressive win. And it's deserving. I mean, this team's in third fucking place right now, Sam. And no. and, and and they deserve every single right to be in the conversation for Champions League. They're tied on points with City. Yeah. This team this team is good enough to finish in the top four. And especially with Manchester United slipping and you guys showing a rise, but we got to see you really, you know, prove it in a big, big match, which you've got a couple of those coming up and how you respond in those will say a lot, but you're starting to improve, but there's no fucking reason at all why that void that's been left by Lester, what Lester's been doing the past couple of years, can't automatically now be taken over by this team because... Moise has got him humming, man. He's got him humming. They they look good. And he, he deserves it, yeah. honestly. I mean, he's been through a bunch of shit in the last few years um, with some of his other jobs that uh, that after his time at Everton, you thought that he would get a, a bit more respect. But he, he deserves this happy time, and uh, and I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. They're playing fantastic. Well, the key thing to know, Sammy, here's the key thing. Jurgen, he ain't your puppy dog, okay? <laughs> hey, Graham, we're light a couple of managers. Uh, one was in the stands, and another one had his welcome back to the Prem. Norwich 2, Brentford 1, Southampton 1, Villa 0, New, uh, Newcastle 1, Brighton 1, Tottenham 0, Everton 0. I would like to think that uh, the upper management of Norwich Football Club, upon the victory, uh, called Daniel Fark into his office and said, look, here at Norwich Football Club, we have a very, very strong tradition of losing, and we do not appreciate <laughs> you going and getting a fucking win. Fuck you. You're fucking fired. Get out of yeah, here. Especially away we, from home at that. We, we lose here, damn it. You get the hell out right now. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You, you know what sucks about it uh, for him is it looked to me as if it was a foregone conclusion already, as if he was told about it prior to the match. Got because that feeling if you, too. If you look at the goals, the camera focused on him, not the celebration, and he was stone-faced. Not a fist bump, nothing. His hands were in his pockets and he was straight-faced because I think he knew he was out of there. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate because they they actually played really well. I kind of felt for Brentford; they had a goal disallowed um, for offside, rightly so. But uh, they also hit the post once, I believe. There was a few things that they did well, uh, but he's got a you know uh, uh, Thomas Frank. I'm sorry, has to I think try to do something a little different. Is take a page from Norwich and and on what not to do. And it's right. great to have your identity and it's great to, you know, try to play those games, but you can really only do that against the people around you. Mm -hmm. You need to try to be more compact in the bigger games and the teams just above you and in mid table, you're going to have to try to get points off them if you're going to stay up. Yeah. And this is now four losses on a spin uh, for Brentford. And that's, that's not a good look. And the next two are after the international break, Newcastle with a brand new manager that we'll be getting to in just a few moments. So they're going to be ready to go. And then they play Everton, who's getting fucking healthy and starting to come together. So this could very quickly be six losses in a row if they do not get their shit straight right now. They're now only four points above the drop, you know, and let's talk. Let's think about it. A few weeks ago, we're talking about, damn, this team might be a top 10 team. And they have nosedived since that win at West Ham. Absolutely. Um, but Norwich took an early lead through Matthias Storm and Norman, and, uh, and they continued to press a bit uh, after that. But um, Brentford did grow into the game and created their own chances. Uh, Timu Puki put away a penalty after he won it um, during a counterattack. Uh, this was the classic double jeopardy situation, and the referee did well by showing a yellow card and just awarding the penalty. Uh, so that was good. And that was it. Yep, really. Agreed. That was it. Uh, and Buemo thought he equalized, which I already told you was done. Tim Krul, for all the shit he's done over the last three weeks, uh, really played very well. Had a, a couple of great saves in this game, one of which 
Uh, he saved really well with his face. <laughs> with his face, his face. <laughs> oh, let's not forget he had. He, I mean, despite getting their asses whooped, it would have been fourteen nothing instead of seven nothing against Chelsea if it wasn't for Tim Gruel. I mean, he absolutely kept him in that match as well. So, you know, veteran keeping certainly helps at uh, at this level if you're a newly promoted side. That's for damn sure. Yeah, absolutely. But then he fell back into his last three, four weeks form and completely misjudged across, which uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Henry stole in and uh, and finished at the uh, at the back stick. <laughs> All right. So let's get on to uh, Villa give up an early goal with no answer. And then the next morning, Dino no have job no more. No, he did not. <laughs> I think that's a bit harsh. Personally. Is it? Is it? I believe I was calling for his job the moment he wore shorts on the sideline. Here we go. This is the person that defended Jack Grealish to the hilt when the rest of the supporters were all pissed off. Who? <laughs> <laughs> well said, darling. Well said. Um, but yeah, on, on, I mean, it was a bit of a sucker punch from Adam Armstrong. World-class strike, little half volley, cranked it. No keeper in the world saving that. Mm. Uh, great, um, by ball, great job by Che Adams being right place to get the ball and get the ball over to uh, Armstrong as well. Yeah, but I mean, just three – shots on target apiece from a total of 23 shot attempts is not the way to go. No. Um, but you can honestly, you can see what Villa's trying to do. It's this, some of these new players haven't really settled in yet. Danny Ings has been injured. It's been kind of difficult. Douglas Louise is a major piece mm-hmm. of that team. Hasn't Huge been on the piece. field. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think it's a bit harsh because they're, they're no. obviously missing very important players and they were playing well, but that's how the cookie crumbles. You spend the better part of a hundred million and you're where you are. That's trouble. Announcers kept saying we're really good on paper on paper. We're better than we should be. And it's just, it's a bunch of individuals playing. It's not a team. It's, and it's, that's why I, I mean, maybe I'm naive. I'm just coming at it from a total sports knowledge. I know I haven't been yeah. watching uh, football as long as y'all have, but it just seems like if the team's not gelling and working together, that is a coaching issue. Yeah. Well, and let's face it, they started so brightly, especially with mm-hmm. beating United, beating the ever-loving hell out of Everton. We seem to be only as then, good as our competition. And then beating Tottenham, and then have just yeah right we're, off the edge after that. It's we're so either as good as our competition or just slightly worse. Um, I think a lot of it really also bases around uh, his inability to be able to work Buendia into the lineup in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. When that's the guy you sign to essentially be the Jack replacement. What is he no, doing? Like, what right. position? How is he playing? Right. So, and I think they're just not using him correctly. And I think that's ultimately the reason why Dino mm-hmm. got fired. We can't uh, look past what Mel does need to do. Oh, thank you. A little lovely malort. If, if you want the tactical piece of what Leon Bailey is is failing at, uh-huh. is Jack Grealish provided so much relief for your back line by being able to hold the ball up yeah, and then draw fouls, and you were starting attacks from a dead ball situation on midfield or just beyond. Leon Bailey's not doing that for you. Mm-hmm. He's not even able to collect those balls. He's a lot more slight. And he, it looks to me he's a bit taller as well than Grealish, where Grealish is kind of a little bulldog. Yeah. And with those calves, he could hold off just about anybody. Right. Also, Triori has been out pretty much the whole season as well. That certainly doesn't help. Um, you know, uh, El Ghazi's good in doses, not starting all the time. And the, not yep. having Triori mm-hmm. hurt, hurts. But again, part Louise, of that, like Douglas I said, Louise part of that everything. is injuries too. And yeah. without Douglas Louise, who was the crux of the midfield anyway, and at the center of a lot of good things y'all did over the last two years, him being injured most of the season so far has not helped. Yeah. Um, so before you take a shot of Malort, Mel, we can't look past something here for Southampton, Sam. Last five, three wins, two draws. They are getting it done. Um, you know, since the very sluggish start to the season, looking like Southampton's going to do what Southampton normally does and figure out a way to be right in the right in the middle of it and, and perfectly fine because they all seem to be, you know, getting – getting what the message is from uh from um Hassan Hoodle and it seems to be going well. So now that could become crashing down because I've heard that Aston Villa are looking at Ralph Hassan Hoodle. <laughs> yeah shit. Well I've also heard Stevie G in there too as I've well. I've also heard Big Sam. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fitting. Big Sam at uh at Villa. <laughs> no. Yeah. Potter is who everybody wants. Yeah, but he ain't leaving Brighton right no. now. 
Pot right. everybody wants, yeah. and uh, everyone thinks that John Terry is going to come back for some reason. I think Terry wants to do a full year. He wants to get job. into management. Oh, yeah. 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 But is he going to go to Villa? Yeah, he had to no. leave Villa to go get a gig. Right. No, he's not going to so, come back. Um, so, Mel, why don't you go ahead and do that shot, because we need to keep in the, uh, getting into these games. Uh, Dean, maybe uh, you'll think twice about wearing short sideline now. Cheers. Mmm. Getting too used to this, guys. Getting too used to it. <laughs> so, uh, Eddie Howe in the stands at the MX with the new ownership group for uh, Newcastle and uh, officially appointed uh, this uh, Monday morning, this Monday morning. So, this will be out on Tuesday, but got appointed on Monday, is now the new manager of the Newcastle Football Club. I'm sure he is extremely pissed off that the villa vacancy didn't come up before he was already in talks with the people that might kill him if he sucks. Because <laughs> he probably would have taken the villa gig. <laughs> I'd have stayed as far away from Newcastle as I possibly could. Uh, you um, know, I think I, I, I mean, you're not going to get the world-class manager on the first signing, right? It, this is going to be a, a project. Um, no, and he was very good with the project at Bournemouth. The yeah. problem was, is once that project had reached its completion, he didn't know how to take the project to the next level. So honestly, he's the perfect guy for Newcastle. Um, the funny part, uh, the meme shared uh, that I shared this weekend, actually, on DUFC, was the uh, Eddie Howe on the phone. And it said, I know Mr. Ben Salomon, I know we can afford, him, uh, afford Mbappe, but I really think Jordan Ive could do a job for us. <laughs> I love it, uh, which is brilliant. But yeah, so they uh, Graham Jones's last game in charge obviously um, got off to a, a shitty start. Uh, Kieran Clark fucked up and uh, gifted Brighton a penalty, which uh, Leandro Trussard duly put away. Um, Brighton then kind of fell into the old Brighton, couldn't close the game out despite all their chances and dominance, yep. and allowed Newcastle the opportunity to get back into the game, uh, which they did through Isaac Hayden. Uh, in the second half. And the part that bothered me is I think Callum Wilson could have gone and won the game. Uh, I know he got touched um, and ultimately uh, got Sanchez red carded, but I, he was clean through. I, I don't think it was enough to really go down like that. And I think the three points would have been more valuable um, to them, to them than us seeing our favorite situation, which is an outfield (laughs) play. outfield player going in goal thank you for jumping right into what i was gonna say we all love seeing an outfield player in the net to finish the game and you love it because you see the jersey is hanging way over their shorts because it doesn't matter how big they are they ain't as big as the keeper so it just looks like it drowns them the jersey yeah, <laughs> that was great. And that was Lewis Duncan there, and he actually got he some size small boy to him. Either. Yeah, he ain't a small boy. Ah oh, man, fucking goalkeepers are thick, man. They're just built differently. <laughs> and you see that big shaggy jersey? They look like that five-year-old kid in peewee soccer back in the day wearing the jersey. I, couldn't I get his damn gloves. On. Couldn't get the gloves on either. Yep, I fucking and love I, it. I love it. I think it, it was was it Callum was it Callum Wilson or John Joe Shelby or somebody helping him get his gloves on, which I, was very funny. Yeah, I think it was John Joe Shelby helping him. <laughs> Fantastic, but didn't really have a lot to do, which is unfortunate. Um, one of my favorites, I thought, was it Phil Jag Yelka years ago that went in goal for either you guys or Sheffield United? He was 90. Sheffield before he came to us. Yeah, and I, I want to say it may have been against us for some reason. Right. But he ended up making three or four really good saves. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I remember John Terry doing it at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It's, it's unorthodox goalkeeping, let's yeah. say. It's, um, the, it's but the fucking best. It's, it's, so, it's best. so good. And this one just didn't live up to the billing. Yeah. Oh. Much like the game as a whole. Uh, uh, speaking of games that didn't really live up to the billing, uh, Everton and uh, Tottenham to a very tidy nil-nil draw that never, I mean, there were opportunities, but it never really seemed like either team really wanted it. And I can tell you this much, Conte got a lot of work to do. And oh, yeah. he Big saw time. that this game, like he got a lot of fucking work to do. Absolutely. I think this is a much more beneficial draw for you all. Oh God, we needed a point because Desperately it kind of it's it stops the rot a bit. Like you said, you're getting players healthy. You're able to you know get some match fitness back into some of those guys. Two weeks um, to let them. Some of them yeah. are going to play international duty, but not all of them. Just another two weeks to get healthy. 
get back. That's good for the team. Very good for the team. Uh, I think you should have definitely had a penalty, personally. Uh, that's So that's part of what I, I wanted to talk about on that is, okay, great. He got the ball. He did. Hugo Lloris got a touch of the ball. He also got all of Richarlison's right kneecap as he grabbed it and pulled him down. And then here's the even worse part where Charleston gets up and has the ball at his foot with the keeper on the ground and the ref blows for a penalty. So then take it like, so Richarlison could have still, if, if by the rule is you're supposed to like keep the whistle in your pocket and let VAR check it, he could have put the ball in the back of the fucking net and it wouldn't have mattered if it was a foul or not because it would have been a goal. Like, right. You, he you, could have played the advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And then after it all got reversed, guess who got the ball? Spurs. <laughs> what foul did Everton commit? <laughs> like, why do they have the ball? Yeah, it was it was definitely pretty, pretty fucked up. I, I, I don't understand what happened there. I don't really think the actual laws of football were were put on display there. Full shithousery from Richarlison. I will say this right off the bat. It was a bitchy move on his part to do. But he had, he was head-to-head with Romero. Romeo, Romeo gave him a little nudge, and he hit the deck. Last time I checked in this league, any, <laughs> any head-to-head contact is an automatic red card. I seem to remember Richarlison receiving one against Bournemouth back in 2018 for the slightest of touch that Cook then promptly fell on the ground and rolled around like he was murdered. They didn't even look at it. They just said, on your way, who cares? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's, it's forward. So if they come head to head, it's fine. But and, the second and, you do one of those, and Romero it's a did, and Romero did one of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, I'm I'm not defending Richie at all. It is a it's a pathetic move to do. But if that's the rule, it's the fucking rule. And I, and I don't disagree kinda, with you necessarily. I'm just providing devil's advocate. And oh, I'm I'm with you there. And then I mean, obviously, uh, Mason Holgate with the strongest nine minute appearance ever. <laughs> Definite red card. Um. So here's, here's what are where, you doing? Here's here's where I agree with you on the red card. Now, precedent has already been set from last year when there was a Fulham player, and then I believe it was Cresswell for um, for West Ham had gotten. I one. think it was Sufal, maybe. Oh, yeah, uh, Sufal, yeah. Because I think it was on the right side of the right. field. So yeah. with the follow through of the ball, you get the back. Of, you 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 get the leg high and get the back of somebody's leg it's still a red card because you're still going through the player despite the fact that you got the ball. So I'm not going to debate that because there's precedent set for that. But if we're going to discuss precedent, Sam, you just had on the field 20 minutes prior, the goalkeeper was justified in grabbing a guy's knee and pulling him to the ground because he touched the ball. You have set precedent in this match that as long as you get the ball, it's fucking fine. So by that rationale, I'm I'm not saying it shouldn't have been a red card. I think it was. But by the rationale that that ref put on the field in that match was, as long as you get a piece of the ball, it doesn't matter what the fuck you do. You can kick them in the nuts if you want to. But apparently not when it happens there. And that's my issue with it. I am now going to call you out on your hypocritical bullshit. Okay, fine. You have always been under the stance that goalkeepers should be protected more than everyone else. Like goalkeepers play under a different set of rules, essentially. As far as physicality, as a former, as a former goal. Well, hey, this was physical. He grabbed his leg, but he got the ball. He's just playing goalkeeper rules. That's it. No, no, no. Because if I grabbed a guy's leg, I should get red carded for it. I should see a card for it. And I, and I, and when I did the few times I have grabbed somebody's leg, unless it was Archie, who was too fucking quick for me and would get his leg away from me before I could grab it, I saw cards for it. Um, I saw cards for it and there would be penalties because that's back in the day when there wasn't when before they added double jeopardy when there was no it was if you commit a foul in the box it's a yellow card and a and a keeper doesn't get sent off but as far as like a player holding a keeper or pushing a keeper out of the way or like throwing their body into a keeper when a keeper's trying to make a save yes I have an issue with but the keeper committing a foul a foul's a fucking foul and and Again, I very much feel that the whole gate car- red card was justified because it's been set as precedent in the league multiple instances where that's a red card. 
So I, I within that personally game, yeah. think the one from last year, the Sioux foul one, was not a red. They're both they're both on their feet. They're both going for a 50-50 ball doing that. What I didn't like about this challenge and why I say it's a red is the follow through. There was no attempt at all to pull out of it. And you actually see his leg that he was sliding with, his other leg come out in front of him as well as to help his forward momentum, not try to stop it. And it ended up being two feet flat off the ground with one of them making contact with uh, Pierre Emil Hoiberg's uh, uh, hamstrings uh, studs up, which is just strange. Um, I, I thought it was a terrible challenge. Uh, and the follow through for me is what what turned it into a red because you're right. He without that follow through, regardless of the contact, I think it was a yellow. Right. But when he brings that that trailing leg forward from underneath of him like so and continues that momentum, that's definite red for me. He's trying to hurt him. And uh, the reason why Sam uh, knows this is because Sam's done this tackle probably 30 times in his career. <laughs> Rounding out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Chelsea won, Burnley won, Palace two, Wolves nil, Arsenal won, Watford nil, Leeds won, Leicester won. Uh, let's keep this one rolling, Sammy, because we're already running pretty long tonight. Um, shocking result for Chelsea. I mean, yeah, but appalling finishing. Yeah. 25 yeah. shots with just four on target, and obviously the one goal from Kai Havertz. They should have been five, six, seven ahead. And. To let let a team like Burnley stick around, you know yep. what they're going to do. Actually, to you. it wasn't even it wasn't even the root one brute force shit they normally do. It was actually decent football. It's a great cross and a wonderful header from Jay Rodriguez back across the face of goal. I'm not sure what the Chelsea defense was doing, and Matej Vidra doing very well to stay on side. Obviously cognizant of it because when the ball went in the back of the net, the first thing he did was turn around and look at the linesman. <clears throat> yeah. So obviously tried to stay on side. It was on his mind the entire time. He did it su uh, superbly and then just had the composure to to guide the ball past the already diving uh, Mendy and cost me a fantasy win. Yeah. I tell you, uh, we we think with Chelsea, we're like, okay, here we go. They got it. And then fucking blow it. Now you, you've opened the door for City to walk right on in. Now, fortunately, Liverpool loses and they fall back some more points. But now... City's right there again, and they already yep. beat you. And West Ham's there now, too. Yep, absolutely. Who Chelsea don't have the best record against uh, in recent years. Now, uh, in the next match, Palace is finally turning one point into three points. Yeah, and they're, they're turning a corner. Good. Looking real good. That first half looked like two high school teams playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pitiful. Yeah. That was boring as shit. Yeah, the first half of that game. Yeah, the, the second the, the half wang, of that game. The Wang was definitely lifeless. <laughs> the, uh, besides his flaccid performance, um, it then got turned on by Palace in the second half. Was was absolutely brilliant. Um, Wolves were actually almost had a penalty as uh, Altenuri, uh was brought down by Joel Ward in a pretty clumsy challenge. Yeah, very um, clumsy challenge. But luckily, it was about, you know, the length of a bee's dick, I've heard, as a unit of measurement on the show. <laughs> and uh, he was outside the box by the length of a bee's dick, yeah. um, which was good. But that was just after, obviously, uh, Wilfred Zaha opened the scoring on 60 minutes. Pretty well-worked goal that originally was called offsides of VAR in this instance worked. Getting it right. Um, yeah. And then Conor Gallagher uh, can't put a foot wrong these days. Um, got a deflected shot uh, that wrong-footed uh, uh, Jose saw. Like, like to uh, refer back to the two words that Crystal Palace needs to be saying. How much? Yep. H how much? Just pay the monies. Just get him now. Um, moving on to your match. Um, so Ben Foster made a couple of great saves, including a penalty kick. So I'm sure you're already championed for him to come back to the England squad and be the new number one, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't for Aaron Ramsdale on the other side, who was barely called on to do anything, but when he did, was brilliant. Except that one time he came out to make a tackle that he called Ben White off of, who was in perfect control of the situation, and then he missed it. <laughs> but uh, um, but no, um, Ramsdale showed very well again, but Ben Foster had, a, had himself a hell of a game. Um, kept Watford in it the entire time. 
Uh, it was kind of unlucky from him. Ball just kind of broke to ESR, uh, who found the net well um, with a shot that actually went through a defender's legs. I think it also Ben Foster saw it late, uh, but he did strike it cleanly and and it was a, a pretty good hit. Saka could have scored, was offsides. Um, Odegaard, that ball was on target. Aubameyang touched it in instead of just letting it go, but that ball was already beyond Foster, so you can count it as a goal until offside Aubameyang sticks a boot out like an idiot. And uh, and instead of it kissing off the inside of the post and being gorgeous, ends up being a free kick for Watford. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we obviously could have won three, four, nothing. Um, it was a, a great game. Uh, Nuno Tavares uh, provides excellent competition for um, Kieran Tierney. The thing that makes me nervous for Nuno Tavares is how high his starting position is, because it 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 forces Tomiyashu to almost slide in as a third center half. Mm -hmm. And at times, Tavares, like we had just won the ball back with Lakanga in the middle of the field. And Tavares was beyond ML Smith-Rowe already. <laughs> Don't like, let the play develop, mate. Don't let the play develop. Aren't you the left back? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Settle down. <laughs> so that makes me a little nervous, but he is very, very quick. And the one time that we were caught out by his starting position – um, he did make it back to confront the ball before a cross was put in. So, you know, a better team would probably get that ball in a little earlier. Um, so he's going to have to learn. He is a young player, but, uh, but it's great competition in that left back spot and they're, they're both fantastic players. So I'm, I'm really excited. We're hitting our stride. It looks like, man, everybody's yep. happy. Everybody look, you know, they're yelling at each other in the right way. They're not fighting, but they're like, you need to fucking do better. Yep. You know, great. when they screw up, it's, it's brilliant. And, um, it's this actually made me really nervous going into this game because it was uh, Ranieri's third game in charge. And you could see that Watford were a bit more organized, a bit more hungry, a bit more together. Yep. And so you can see what Claudio is trying to do is, is starting to take mold and take effect. Um, and this is a game normally we would lose, but we were on our own uptick and the cream rose to the top. We held firm and, uh, and we did well. Yeah. Got to be happy with it. Definitely have to be happy with it. Final match, not a fucking thing to talk about except for one minute where there were two, oh my fucking God, great goals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Leeds started brilliantly. Um, Schmeichel had a couple smart saves, but as Lester grew into the game, you're right, nothing fucking happened. <laughs> uh, Rafinha got the opener um, from a really well-struck free, uh, free kick that bounced just in front of the goalkeeper. The We saw him score one of these last year as well, mm -hmm. um, where – it's almost like from the training ground where everyone starts on the far side of the box, basically, and runs across the goal uh, on a diagonal and nobody touches the ball. And the keeper doesn't see it till it suddenly has hit the ground and it is in the back of the net. Yep. Or he's distracted by the runs. He's yep. too nervous about somebody getting a touch on it. Yep. And it just doesn't. Just, it locks, just doesn't do locks anything in the ground makes it yep. the thing you used to always yell at me whenever I would give up one of these tree trunks, fucking tree fucking trunks. Tree like, trunks. Yep. It just, you, the, the, the legs get planted and you're like, fuck. Oh, that goal. Fuck. Yeah. Like nothing. And then turn around a minute later, right off the kickoff, Mr. Harvey Barnes is on the board this year and whoa, Nelly, did he get on the board this year? <laughs> and I counted it too. seven touches is exactly what it was from kickoff to ball in the back of the net. It was seven total touches. Yep. Absolutely so, insane. And right. a brilliantly shaped, gorgeous free kick. It was Ronaldinho-esque. Yeah. Just, you know, it was fantastic. Right oh, it was gorgeous. Corner. Gorgeous goal. A good point for both sides, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> Lester's been kind of slipping a little and Leeds needs points wherever they can get them currently. So a, not really anything to be too terribly disappointed about. I, I In fact... For Leeds, you walk away with that going, ah, three would have been nice, but I'll take the fucking one, you know? Yeah, for sure. Sure Money! All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Sure Money. This is where we uh, give you our picks for the week because we want to help you in making informed and well-thought-out choices to make you money as well. Uh, normally, we wouldn't be doing this, obviously, mm -hmm. because... There's an international break next week, but uh, the old preacher man over there has got a wedding to perform. So uh, he'll be in uh, Puerto Rico and uh, will not be back until Tuesday. So there will be no show next week. Yeah. Uh, injury time will be up for our uh, Patreon listeners to preview, but we'll, there will not be a uh, regular show next week. 
Correct. So we had to do our bets this week for two weeks from now, mm-hmm. uh, essentially. So I lost um, because my shit was absolutely sure money, um, of course. And my cup of losers is uh, I forgot who fucked me first. Oh, I got stung by the bees. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Stung by the bees. Very good. Which was great. So what happened to you, my friend? I don't have to put anything in the cup of losers because I took the surefire risk more money to win little money. Manchester City beating Manchester United. Uh, so I finally, finally got a fucking bet in. I'm now only down $545. Big Sam's Lock of the Week. Mr. Graham, 18.1818188% of the time. It works. 100% of the time, stud. 100% of the time. Fuck it. Everton to beat Man City at plus 1,300. What? Just taking a clean off. You better Fuck hope it. people get they get injured on international break. <laughs> if not, you are fucked. I was looking at everything and I went, plus 1,300. I finally got a W. You know what? Fuck it. Going, going for it. Let's do it. Do you know what? Let's uh, do it, Papa. Do you know what Whiskey Dick has to say about that? What does he have to say? Terrible with money. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well well stated. Very true words there, Mr. Uh, Whiskey Dick. Very true words. All right, so you got our boy uh, Patty for us? I do. And now it's time for our degenerate gambling friend, Pat's Pick of the Week. Obviously, he has to wake up very early to pick it up and put it down, so I had to. Before you read his uh, email, allow (laughs) me to tell you. This. While you're looking for that, can I just right say, uh, fuck Graham, because that's another reason why Villa lost. Mm-hmm. It's because Graham bet for us. Uh, five sixteen on Saturday in the uh, in the uh, <laughs> l- early evening. Uh, I get wow, been busy today. Just took a look. Fucking Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, he echoes those sentiments in his email. Uh, so as usual, Chelsea doesn't even come close to covering my bet. So I'm down eighty five dollars now. In two weeks, I've got a match I like, and it's Liverpool-Arsenal. For some reason, I have a gut feeling, and I'll take a draw in this match at plus 360. Don't ask me why. Had a feeling and figured I'd go with it. And I know what his feeling is, and this is me talking now, is he just wants to screw me. (laughs) Back to his voice. I guess someone is taking a week off next Monday, so I'll talk to you guys in two weeks. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I am taking a week off next Monday. (laughs) I'll be in Puerto Rico, so just... Fuck off. Yeah. Daddy so that's uh, time that's off. Pat taking Liverpool Arsenal draw. That is, I toyed with that notion because I kind of have the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I stayed away from it to not jinx my boys. Yeah, heard. Very good. So I'd, I'd rather jinx everyone else, to be got honest. Got it, got it. All right. Um, so what do you got this week, Sammy? I'm down now 16 bucks. Ah, uh, welcome to the dark side. I was plus 84. So I'm taking something that should work. Uh, as as usual, it's Newcastle over Brentford. I think we'll have a little new manager bounce. Uh, and then I've got uh, United over Watford and West Ham over Wolves in a three-way parlay that will net me plus $943 on a uh, on a $100 bet. And I think that's going to be – I think it's going to be something special there for me to rub in your face when you're down 645 and I'm up a G. Heard. I'm going I'm to love it. Got it. Well, you know, Sammy, that was a pretty decent segment. And I got to say – Maybe great minds think alike, because we, we got a chicken. Well, Kitty hit with Arsenal and now sits at 5-5, five and five, back to Mount 500. So this week, I gave Kitty hosting Brentford. Now, who, who hosting Brentford? I'm sorry, I gave Kitty Newcastle hosting Brentford. It's really hard when you type the full word out for her. She just sometimes doesn't see it. I, I, I'm so used to it being called Two Castle I'll that I was live. thrown off. Now, Kitty, quickly, showed me a picture of her in the stands at the Amex with Eddie Howe. Now, he's the Newcastle ownership group. Now, not no, sure no, what. No, oh, no. Eddie Howe and the Newcastle ownership group is Words that a are so hard? Is that a hot band in England? Yeah, exactly. You Eddie you and the just, Newcastle ownership hey, group. Hey, hey, Melissa. Yeah, fucking lock it. All right, let me go back to it. Now, Sam. Uh huh. I'm not sure if you know this, but mm-hmm. Kitty 
was very closely involved in connecting the two parties together and got the appointment of Eddie as new manager over the finish line. How about that, Sam? Did you know that? I, I must have mistaken Amanda Stavely for Kitty then. Yeah, you know? I mean, it happens. There uh, is Amanda blonde. Yes. There you go. Yeah. They're both blonde, very interchangeable. There's also, also a lot of work done to both of them. <laughs> you know what? Yes, Kitty has had quite a few facelifts <laughs> over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. That chicken is ageless. Uh, now, we know, obviously, that Kitty is taking Newcastle for a win. Very good. Um, and along with the normal disclaimer, Mel, you know what we should also do? What should we do? We should read uh, copy properly. You know, I think I read that copy pretty darn well. You know what else I do well? Mm-hmm. I always do well reminding people to please gamble legally and responsibly. Championship corner! I've fallen and I can't get up. Oh, no. You know what else you do well is recover when you start sentences the wrong way. <laughs> I do well reminding people that's a weird way to start. You know what? Uh, anyway, I'm fine with it. <laughs> anyway, uh, Fulham started off the midweek with a thrashing of Blackburn 7 0 uh, away from home as well, which is pretty intense. QPR and West Brom, uh, West Brom both grabbing 1 0 wins, all while Bournemouth lost. Uh, then they swapped to an extent. Fulham still won 1-0 uh, over the posh at the weekend, but the Cherries trounced Swansea 4 uh, nothing. while West Brom and QPR both split the spoils in their games and Stoke kept pace with a 1-0 win in both of their matches the midweek and the weekend. The Cherries are still top, but just by two points now with a vastly inferior goal differential uh, to second-place Fulham. West Brom are in third on eight, uh, eight points from the top and six off second. Uh, the automatic uh, promotion, the other automatic promotion spot, uh, and Coventry, Stoke, and QPR round out the playoff places. Very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? Yeah. Um, Got to call out some cunts. Uh... <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Let me move my screen so we can see. Oh, there he is. There the old D back bear. Ah, uh, the D back bear. Always looking over our shoulders. Yes making sure that we act appropriately, which some West Ham fans did not do. Uh, at least one man has been arrested. I believe there's another being looked for um, in relation to their Europa League trip to Bulgaria and yelling anti-Semitic slurs and uh, other epithets towards a Jewish man on a plane to, I believe their game was in Bulgaria. Um the initial thing that came out, which is disappointing from the club, were, uh, that it wasn't necessarily anti-Semitic, was that it was an anti-Spurs song. Problem is Spurs weren't involved in their trip, nor were Spurs involved in any aspect of the game they were playing in or even in that competition. Uh, yeah, for the only to be universally connected thing there is is Jewish. Anti-Semitism, yeah. 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 So um, the other thing, as an Arsenal supporter, we used to sing some of those songs. We've stopped. Because they're, we realize that they're anti-Semitic. They're actually not based in football. They're based in the Jewish origins of Tottenham Hotspur. And we figured out it was fucking wrong. So we changed. We grew up and we stopped doing those things. And it's time for other people to do so as well. What's nice is the authorities are starting to do something about it. So there already has been one arrest made. And I believe someone else, again, is being looked for. Um, and hopefully they'll find him and they will face some jail time. So um, I also heard that one of the people posting uh, racist things online against uh, the three England penalty takers over the summer that missed uh, Rashford, excuse me, Sancho and, um, and Bukaya Saka. Uh, one of them has been arrested as well. Uh, his court case happened and he will be facing 10 weeks in prison, not facing sentence to 10 weeks, excuse me, in prison. Simple DBAC, man. Just don't be a cunt. DBAC. It's so and- easy. It becomes tiresome, but we will continue to call it out because mm-hmm. you deserve to have your face plastered everywhere so everyone can laugh at you for being a small-minded, small-dicked uh, person um, that is just absolutely disgusting. Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Uh, Facebook Live and YouTube and all the other fun stuff. Uh, next up is Injury Time, where we're going to talk about the beers we're drinking. And we're going to check in on a few of our clubs. And instead of previewing the weekend's action, because there is none, we're going to recap some of the memorable matches of the first 
round of the FA Cup, which we have uh, talked about before, but we always wait till the third round to talk about. And you know what? This is where all the like fun clubs and shit happened. So let's talk about it a little bit. And for fuck's sakes, there was a seven to four game. There was a seven yeah. of, if you score four goals, you should win. In this instance, no, you lost. We got to yeah. talk about that. That has to be discussed, right? And if someone wants to find injury time, Sammy, how do they go about doing it? Absolutely. One more time for it is www.patreon.com backslash DU football show. S- sign up to our one illustrious tier to get our two extra shows uh, a week, which is sound check, our actual sound check, where we usually have some deep and dark confessions. Uh, and then injury time, where we rate our beers that we drank during the show, talk about those, as well as preview the upcoming matches, or look back at some very interesting FA Cup happenings, the most magical tournament in the world. Absolutely. All right, and don't forget to go to the DU Drip Shack for all of your fly-ass DU needs. Stickers, pillows, shirts, hoodies, freaking wife tank beater tops. shirts tank tops yeah Except, every you guys, long if you got your hair cut like me you're allowed to buy a tank top an important announcement about the do drip shack what is that important announcement we have sold out of the liverpool you'll never drink alone whiskey shirt oh because uh that's uh, pretty good because yeah, there was two of them sold and then they went nah that birdie looks a little bit too much <laughs> like the regular birdie so 86 it <laughs> which and sam wasn't mad about that and, and I'm certainly not uh, asking Mel to rework the bird at all. You know what? That shirt's done. We're good with it. I have no problem. No Collect problem at all. Collector's item. Yep. Yeah, so, right. So until next week, everybody. Take care of each other. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Put you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Don't you get Hit the fucking new button!